Hi, 1001 fans. Our new 1001 app is in the Apple App Store as of today. It's called 1001 Stories Network. All you Apple users, head for the Apple App Store, download the app, take a look at it, and all the features it has. It's absolutely terrific. I'll tell you more about it at the end of this episode. Welcome to 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries. One of life's biggest mysteries, at times, for many of us, is the mystery of successful human interaction. We can all remember a time when we were faced with an important conversation and we didn't express ourselves correctly to our mates or to our employees or our bosses. Pick anyone. Today we have Simona Fruman with us. She's a veteran mediation coach, and she's going to share some knowledge with us on how to navigate through tough conversations. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Very excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for a lovely introduction. And I'm so happy to be here with you. Tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you do. Well, it started with my childhood because I was growing up in a family where we didn't have open conversations about difficult topics. And so there was a lot of tension in the family. And I, all, all I ever wanted was to, that everybody would get along well. So um, I was looking for ways how I could help my parents understand each other better. But before I could find the, so to say, the, the right code, they got divorced. But I still searched for the right um, tools and skills that would help me create relationships with others that would be authentic and close and I could feel that I can express myself without being judged. And later on, I, I've met an amazing family of my best friend's family and I've been a part of their family in a way and I've seen they're having a lot of conversations about conflicting topics in a very not conflicting way. And it opened my eyes and confirmed that it is possible in real life to have great uh, relationship and have conversations, but you need to know how to do that in the right way. So I decided to go and study law uh, because I naively thought actually that um, I will help people uh, bring awareness of their rights and obligations, and this will help them uh, find the peace. But actually at the courtroom, there was everything else. There was a war and many relationships I've seen were uh, not only falling apart, but was, uh, were hurting each other like in a big battlefield. And I knew I reached the top of the wrong mountain. I knew this was not what I was looking for. And I felt really devastated. Uh, so when I heard about mediation for the first time, I felt so excited. I felt, yes, this is something for me. I became one of the first mediators in Slovenia. And I started practicing that at court and also outside of court. And, you know, this is the, um, the help of a neutral person, a mediator, who help clients to hear each other in a very respectful way. 
they are friendly to each other and they are listening to each other and they are finding a solution in a very civilized way so to say and many times it was possible for them to collaborate in business further on in the future but many times also it was so crucial for parents who got divorced and they needed to communicate because of the interest of their children so it was great to see the results there but still it hit me one day when i saw what an oppor- missed opportunity for them that they could have saved their fights and uh, prevent this escalation of conflicts if they only came to me earlier if they knew how to have difficult conversations on a daily basis because they appear we all need to face them and so i went to, to one training to become a coach i had other uh, trainings before already so now i'm helping leaders and groups and individuals and couples have difficult conversations using the subject of of husband and wife relationships can you give our fans some pointers out there on how to better communicate and tips that they can use in their life whether they're having problems or not in terms of developing a better system of communication. What do you teach? Is there a formula that you use? I use um, many different approaches, but one is how to structure the conversation itself because it's difficult because it's very emotional. And we are emotional because we are talking about something that is very important to us. And that means that we are also, the stakes are high. We might even lose what is important to us. And that makes it very emotional. So the first thing that is, uh, that I would give a tip is to be aware of those emotions and try to do whatever it takes to calm down those emotions. Because we cannot have a really good conversation if we are very attacked or in a cloud of huge negative emotions. It's, it's called, there is some research behind that and our frontal cortex does not work, the, that, the one that is responsible for us to articulate ourselves clearly mm-hmm. and to listen with calmness and attention. So it is more of a flight or fight mode that we get into when we are in such emotion. So I would say uh, when you notice that you are so emotional, that you, you feel the heat going up, that you feel the pounding of your heart, that you feel that you are not calm and not centered, it's time to cool down first. You know, it's like taking a few moments alone, go to the bathroom if it's necessary, go for a walk, <laughs> say, say to postpone the conversation for a bit later. This is one huge thing that we all face with. And I would say because those topics are so important to us, and there is a lot of other aspects. It's very important to have a preparation, the right preparation for it, so that you know what really is the most important thing for you. What do you want to say? Um, what is the outcome that you want to, to achieve? What is the intention of this specific conversation? What, in what way would you like to have this conversation? Uh, are you going to be a leader of the conversation or are you just going to be falling into the, this big fog and then what happens happens you know but i say those are important things you are going to talk about so let's not leave it to coincidences let's prepare for it let's uh, create a plan 
which is not structured by, I will say this sentence and that sentence, because, you know, we never know what to expect from the person that we are talking with. So it's, but it's, there are other things to prepare, like uh, where we are going to have this conversation, how we are going to invite the person so that they are willing to come to, the, to, to have a conversation and that they are open to listen and to hear what we have to say and that we have enough time and that we are both um, dedicated to make some conclusions. What is the intention for all that and how we can create this safe space for both of us to be able to open up because we are going to share some quite vulnerable stuff, those that are important to us and we don't want to be hurt and we don't want to hurt the other person because obviously the person matters to us. So it's, it's really important not to forget that first step, the first step, the preparation. Yeah. And then the next steps, what I, what I teach is the following steps, which of course start always with us within what it is that I truly want, what is my need. And it's not only what I want as the outcome, as a result of this conversation, but it is more looking within what, what is my deep need? What kind of a desire am I trying or worry am I trying to bring out in this conversation? So those kind of thoughts that create more clarity. And when we are clear what we want to say, then it's easier to, to adapt on how we are going to say it. So the next step, I say, I say because it's like a roadmap, hmm. and the next step is to go and say, okay, what does the other person want? Before, because it's already a conflict or it's almost there, we already know what is their position what is their solution in their mind, but we don't, we need to be aware. Why is it so important for them? What needs are fulfilled? What do they want to achieve or what do they want to avoid? And it's very good that we are in a relationship with that person already, which means that we know them and that we have been observing them. Maybe we were not aware really, but now this in the preparation time, it's time to think what is their logic? Why are they doing this? And then when we focus more on that, we start noticing things that were there before, but we haven't noticed them. What are the most common mistakes made at that point? And how can you prevent yourself from making those mistakes? Are there certain words that just fire people up? Or are there certain gestures that fire people up? Is there a that's way, very, is there a way to good. keep both, both parties calm? Yeah, that's a, uh, an excellent question because... Question because Exactly. In this phase, there are also many mistakes that happen. And one of them is that we assume that we know. And, you know, there are, we might be living with the person for many years and we assume we know, but when we ask and really listen and offer the space for the person to open up, we might be very, very surprised in hearing that what we assume was, is wrong because they had something else in their mind or in their heart. If only we let them explain and say. So it's really coming from first, it's um, gathering, like gathering information that you can get from what you have already seen and heard. And then there is a step when we ask questions, when we really start a dialogue, when we start the conversation. And then it's really important not only to ask the right questions and one of them would be, so, so the mistake would be to, to go and say, this is what I want. The first thing is to find out what, 
not only what they want, but what is important to them. And finding out uh, why does it matter to you? What would it mean to you if you didn't get that? And then um, I know we had this discussion before. And how do you hear what I said? How does it make you feel? Do you have any reasons? How would that make you feel if I did get what I wanted? You know, that kind of questions so that the person can go in and, and ask themselves. And one good question here or one good remark that really releases the tension is that this, you don't have to give me the answers right now, you know, because we have been preparing. We have been thinking about it. Maybe they never thought of it that way. So they might even need some time to go deeper into themselves and bring the answer. But in today's world, we all expect answers immediately. And, you know, maybe they expect that we expect that from them. And it's good to say, you know, take your time, think about it. And maybe in this week, we can, we can come back together and have and continue the conversation. Would you like that? When would be the right time for you? You know, they might say, you know, because within a week, a person finds a time. But if you say, okay, you don't have to give me the answer right away, and then you, you leave the conversation in the air, not knowing when the continuation will happen, then because it's kind of difficult and awkward, the person kind of pushes it aside, doesn't think about it really, and then it just doesn't happen any, anymore. And so it's really good. I teach people how to be leaders. You know, With leaders, you always take... Um, take action and ask, and and uh, you you create the space, you set the agenda, you invite, you create the uh, you know the atmosphere, and this is this is one way of how to how to lead that conversation. In marriages that you've worked with, what is the most common problem that divides couples? The mountain that couples can't get over. It's the the problem that people feel that they are not heard. There are different. Uh, it's not so much about an, an issue that creates problems. It's more about how they communicate. And, you know, problem, it can be just a little remark that you don't want, and then you don't want to fight, and then you say, okay, it's not a big deal, and it, it, it piles up. It gets bigger and bigger, and then it feels like there is a wall between you. There is no connection anymore. And if nobody is trying to build a bridge between both of them, then there is no connection anymore. There is only wall, which makes you feel that you are protected and safe. You don't want to be hurt. But actually, if you are not proactive and creating the, the connection through that communication, through that conversation, even about difficult topics, even addressing the elephant in the room, maybe even saying, it's a, um, I feel that there is some like an uh, invisible glass wall between us what do you what do you think have you do you feel that way or do you have something else you know it's not just pretending or just one day saying okay today i will do everything right it's about talking about things that matter to you and if you notice something share it how about corporate do you work with companies and corporations or leaders of companies uh with yes. regard to um and how do you work with them how do you coach them what do they come to you with yeah, the, uh, I just have a client who came to me. Uh, he's, uh, he's a small business owner. He has eight uh, employees. 
and he said that there that one of the employees he's he's best skilled of them all he's very good worker uh but he's a little bit shy and he's not really really motivated and he doesn't know how to open him up and he was the this uh, the client was really shocked because one day he suggested to give him additional money for if he gets more clients etc cetera, etc cetera, to reach the goals but he said the employee said you know i'm not interested in money money can't buy me and he was shocked because he said i don't know how can i motivate him so we went and looked and uh what is really the why behind that uh behavior what is the logic that this employee has and it all made sense to my client and i showed him how to have that conversation with him and he said you know you were right about all those stuff he really uh did see me that way he felt that way because i was uh having conversations with with him in a certain way and he didn't feel motivated and now I, when i'm approaching and motivating him in a different way with different words words and in a different um uh also some sometimes praising him and sometimes giving him a bigger role in a in a company contributing and developing it in a different way giving him tasks that involve his potential uh, and his um, talents and this this way he found the employee found that it is important part of the company and that they value also other skills and talents that he has and that he is um he's contributing to the growth of the company and this way he opened up he he's like a, a you know like a bird that came out of the cage he's just <laughs> happy person happy to be working more more efficient being also more um uh, in contact with other coworkers and also being a better communicator with the clients because he feels in a way that he is the team the part of the team and this is what i really love you know connecting people to feel as a team here's a question for you put yourself in the role of a young adult who is yes. part of a family mom and a dad and the mom and dad are having a lot of problems and you've been trying to express yourself as that young adult but not having any luck and it just seems like they are growing further and further apart and it's a very hard thing for you to deal with mm-hmm. is there a way that you let's say as a teenager can either get them to talk more reasonably or have them understand how you feel and be able to achieve anything in the end or is it something that's beyond your control we can only be in control of ourselves but expressing how we feel is is something that only we can do nobody else so um i've seen many cases when parents really were shocked in a positive way when they got a mirror from their children saying how the children see them maybe you know when they are not having a conversation or when they are having a very loud conversation or whatever it is it's the mirror that the kids are the best in giving the mirrors you know the the reflection of how how we are because they are observing us from the day one and i would say to that young person 
to really prepare, maybe to write down a long letter, not with intention to send it or to give it to them, but with making the ideas and the thoughts really clear. Maybe also sleep uh, on it and then the next day and, you know, prepare for a few days to really see that it is, and it is, um, it is very uh, good to be emphasizing that this is, it is my perspective. This is how I see and this is how I feel. It doesn't, uh, it is not good to be uh, ex- uh, said as, in, as a judgment. You are doing it wrong. You are doing this in a, in a, in a bad way. You know, not, not uh, positioning as a judge, but positioning as somebody who is hurt by that actions and behaviors. This is the core message probably. And probably also the, the deep desire to express how I would like. I would like to um, that we will all get along well, or I would like that you have, that when you have a conversation, you show more respect to each other. Um, you know, by expressing emotions is probably about, I feel a lot of tension and it makes me difficult to focus on my work or my study. Or I'm, I'm worried that I will, I will create a lot of uh, conflicts in my life as well, because this is what I see that you are doing, you know, but also maybe if, if the adult, if this young adult is uh, mature enough, also uh, giving positive feedback about what he or she is proud of, what they have learned, what they have gained so that it doesn't look like a negative feedback, but it also looks like an exchange of how I see you and how I feel you and what I get from you. Many good things, but this particular thing, which is good that it's very specific, this hurts me, this gets to my heart. And then the change, the transformation, I would really like to, uh, to experience and uh, see that you have more compassion for each other when you don't share the same opinion. Wonder, that's wonderfully well said. It Thank would be you. very tough for a, for a teenager to speak their mind in the manner that you just did, when the tendency, I think, is to just bury their head and turn the other way and just try and disappear from that house as often or as, for as much time as they can. That would be, yeah. That's wonderful advice uh, for them to try and do. They've not only provided a mirror to what they're seeing and hearing, but they're also saying, here's what you both mean to me. Here's what you've both, as a, as, a, as a mom and a dad, here's what you've both achieved. Here's what you've accomplished with regard to me. For mm-hmm. It's almost like a business conversation, but boy, what presence of mind that would take. Your advice was wonderful. That's why I think it's, it's important to really prepare, to put it on paper, to, to really be in a state of calmness. <laughs> and also, I would say, choose the right time invite them and say, mom, dad, I have something important I want to say. When would you have maybe 30 minutes of time? So that they prepare, they know it's something important. He's preparing the the scene, you know, the the space. And they will take time. They will not watch TV while while he's speaking such important thing. They will not be too tired or too hungry or whatever. And they will take time to have this important conversation. And he is going to be or she will be the leader of that conversation. I got this from your website. It says, how do we create a team? Question mark. In high school, I passionately studied literature on sociology and psychology, trying to figure out the relationship dynamics and group dynamics. 
blessed to have found the family who became my role model in communication. Was that you? Yeah. And I'd like you to maybe talk about how do we create a team? We can create a team by inviting people to feel that they are part of it. That's the first part. Like a, I like metaphors. And one of them is like, I, I believe it's like a boat. We are on the same boat. So we share the same destiny. And first we need to find out what each one of us wants. Where do you want to, to go with that, with that boat? And then find some agreement where we will go together because we are all in one boat. Because if everybody is rowing in a different direction, then we are not moving anywhere. <laughs> everybody is rowing on the same side, then we are moving in circles. Nowadays, I see that this participatory leadership is so, uh, so powerful. People want to take part in being leaders as well, in, in leading, leading together. There is not this, this hierarchy with uh, authority at the top dictating what needs to be done is is a matter of past and we need to all learn and adapt to this new way of leading together in collaborating together in finding agreements on what is our common goal what is our destination that we want to go who is going to do what who is going to look for the you know in the, in the distance if we are going to the right harbor who is going to do the rowing? Who is going to do the, the cheerleading? You know, who is best in what? What are your best potentials? And then we together, we know that we are moving faster to our goal as we would if we were alone. And then it becomes a big value that we are part of that team. We will do everything for team members because we know our success depends on each and every one of us. And this is the core of team. What really comes to your mind is some outstanding situations where your coaching and your advice have helped either corporate people or individuals along the way. I remember in one mediation, there were uh, two contractors uh, on a building site, and they had a huge fight on, on, on something they, they uh, inter interpreted differently what they made an agreement on before. And during that, during that mediation, we made it possible for them to, uh, to see that it is much better for both of them to, to build the trust and start collaborating because they had some business opportunities to collaborate in the future. But first, they were so, so hard, so distant. You know, they couldn't, when they walked in, they couldn't even look at each other in the face. And then during that two-hour period, they were able to overcome that, to talk with each other, to have, you know, the, the shine in the eyes because they knew they are going to collaborate again. The biggest part was not that they are going to make business and earn money, but it was that they forgave each other in a way, not, not really forgave, but they felt relieved that this is not um, the burden on them anymore because they used to be colleagues and almost friends, you know, and that was the biggest thing for them. And I felt, I feel that those are kind of transformations that happen. And sometimes it's kind of a, kind of a healing. And in a mediation, it cannot, it's not really the right place for such things. Some people are more or less close to that point, but in a, in a coaching uh, environment, this is more possible. So this is one, one case from a business uh, environment. And then I had another 
which was very amazing. A businesswoman reached out to me and she said, I see that my business is not growing because I have some issues with my partner. And uh, we found out that they, they were very compatible, but they only had problem because they were not able to have conversations on some topics. It was like a taboo for them. For him, that was what she said, you know. But uh, working with me, she, she learned how to lead a conversation that was at first difficult for her. And it was about the topic she wanted to have children. But he said, you know, we still have time. You know, let's wait for a few more years. But she was in her uh, late 30s. So she said, I don't want to wait. And I don't know if this is just your strategy to avoid this from ever happening. In this case, I want to find somebody else who wants family. So it was very hard for her to start that conversation. We prepared. We practiced together. She had this conversation with him. And they realized that they have different views on what uh, a wedding ceremony means. You know, he was not a party guy. He didn't want to, to have a big wedding. And she, and she realized that she already had before because she was married before. She said, I don't need it. What I really need is something symbolical for us to do. And they, they've decided and they made a plan to, to have a wedding at the beach. You know, like something very informal. And, it, and they were both happy. They found a solution that worked for both of them. And then she was so surprised. She wrote me, you know, Simona, he asked me, because that, the next topic was for her, if he wants to have children. So the first topic was the marriage, and the next topic was the children. And she said, you know, he was the one who proposed or asked me if I would like to have children with him, you know. So that was the second topic. And the third topic was then, you know, where they want to move. They have different countries in mind and so on. So it was like in a, in a quite a short amount of time, they made this progress. And she then felt like she doesn't have to worry every day, hours and every night, every night about whether this is working or not, whether she's sitting on the wrong, uh, at the wrong table, you know, but she can focus on, on her business as well. And it made uh, uh, an amazing growth in that year uh, within her business. So it's all kind of related. I see, you know, how we, um, uh, because we cannot say we are only business people. We are also at the same time, you know, having our family and having people in our life that matter to us. Knowing that you're, uh, you're a practicing lawyer, yes. is that correct? And you're a mediation coach. And I'm wondering, do you work with people all over the world? Do you arrange sessions like, like we're talking right now? This happens to be Zoom. There's other... I usually I usually work with uh, with people online, like <laughs> like like this in in a session like this, but uh, also I, I work with people face to face. I do workshops, trainings, and uh, of course mediations can be done in person. I do them at court, but also this help of Zoom or other media. Let's say you've got a situation, you have a family that has become estranged. Let's mm -hmm. say you had a you have two sisters and a brother, mm -hmm. and for reasons that aren't really known because nobody's willing to dig down and find out, the family has just not really talked to each other for twenty years. It's maybe mm -hmm. it's it's guessed what the problem is, but it's never been hashed out. Mm -hmm. Is that something a service that you could provide? And how would you do it? Would you set up like a weekly? time when everybody could all three could get online or would you work with each one individually first 
How do you handle something like that? Mm -hmm. I, I just recently had um, uh, a case where uh, uh, four siblings had a huge dispute for many years because uh, after their parents died, they did not agree with what they wrote in a, in a uh, testament. So it was, the relationship was very bad and they all suffered. So how I, how I address this or how I, uh, how I bring people together is I would do a session together with them so that I explain how we will work together. And then sometimes we can do maybe, so um, it, it's called caucus, which means that I only speak with one at the same time. Uh, so that they can open up a little bit more and explain something that is maybe um, happened years ago and they were very hurt. But it is important for me to understand why this is important, right? And then I bring them together and the sessions last for, for two hours or something like that. And then we agree and find the date that suits us all for a next meeting. And it's much easier online because we don't need to, to get to the same location but also it has, uh, it has its, uh, say, the, the benefits of sitting in the same room. We also get maybe some more uh, nonverbal communication uh, material from each other, you know, so that, that's also one other aspect of it. Can you share with our listeners how you determine how much your counseling will cost and how do you do that? How do you, how do you talk to them when they contact you about using your mediation services? Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a, yeah, that, that's a, a good question. Yes, I have a, a package, and I, I estimate how how much time we will need for that. If there there is more time, then we can we can add some more hours. Otherwise, this is the package, and it it uh, concludes everything from arrangement to uh, writing an agreement at the end and everything. So this is this is the way that is um, packaged. And how do you prefer our fans get in touch with you if they would like to ask you some questions? I think the best way is to write me in uh, an email, email okay. at simona, simona at simonafrumen.com. And that's S-I-M-O-N-A at S-I-M-O-N-A-F-R-U-M-E-N.com. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. Is the, I, I, it was just great. You've, you've offered a lot of terrific advice. Simona, can you give us some tips on how business owners can handle conflicts? Yes. It's first thing I would, I would say is to have an escape plan, which means that if we look at it from, uh, uh, you know, like for a fire, we don't, we don't want to, to, to have fire anytime, but we have a, a plan, an escape plan. And it's very similar with, uh, with conflicts. We don't want them, but they do happen. So it's very good to have a plan. And this gives us information about the step that we need to take in order to, to handle them. If we don't have the plan and if we don't know that the plan exists, then the problem is we feel... It's, um, we feel strange when it happens. We don't know what to do with it. And then we leave it unaddressed. And this is the biggest, um, uh, the biggest point in the, in the danger to, es- to leave it long enough to escalate. So I would say the tip would be to create a step-by-step guide for coworkers on uh, what to do in case of a conflict and, may- and let them know about it or even involve them 
uh, in the process of preparing it. And then the next thing I would emphasize is to, like I said before, is to cool down the heat. And it's um, easy to get carried away by strong emotions and saying things you might maybe later regret. So as I said, the chemical reactions in our brain actually prevent us from really listening and from speaking peacefully. So it's really important to, uh, to get cooled down Otherwise, it can all escalate like a big, big wildfire. So it's um, how can you do that? I would say it's good to hear what the person has to say without judgment, just offering this space and then acknowledging that you see that they are hurt. So this is when it's already happened, the conflict, right? And offering them to to have a person, the mediator or a person who is skilled in conflict resolution to help them. So they they get uh, directed in the right direction. That really feels calming for them because somebody else obviously will help them. They're not alone in this. And then the third thing, which I think is really important, and many people don't use that, is to um, focus on the lesson. And I would say it's not about the so much talking about the past, but in conflicts we usually do. What happened? What did you mean by that? <laughs> you have done this and that. And it is about you are wrong and I'm right, you know? And convincing each other on that, it just builds up the tension and the, the, the strong emotions are here. So I would say uh, focus on what could be differently next time what could we do differently so that we wouldn't repeat the same situation that we are facing today? Because after we solved it in a way, we calm, we are calmed down, we are solving it, then it's good to look back and see what was the trigger maybe, what, what did we do that it escalated? And what can we do to prevent it next time from happening it again? And here is... Um, one, one point or more that we can never change the past. What happened, happened. But what, we, what really feels like a healing and transformational is to look into the future and say, okay, what have we learned? What will we do in the future differently to make it a better place for us to collaborate? So it's, uh, what are our goals? Do we have common goals? Uh, do we have a common vision on how we are going to do that? What are our approaches? You know, then we start talking about the future and how we are going to talk more and collaborate more, and it's transformational. And this is kind of a catharsis that we can make out of this, the, the conflict itself. It doesn't need to be like a big uh, valley of uh, judgmental accusations, you know, and talking about the spilt milk. You know, because we can't change the past. But today we can talk about how we can collaborate better as a team in the future. So this this would be the three tips for entrepreneurs because I know they like, uh, you know, <laughs> very short uh, tips to implement right away. And those things are really very specific. Wonderfully said. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I do have one question for you before we part here, and that yes. who is who is right in an argument? Is it the husband or the wife? Who's always right? 
<laughs> this is a very good joke, you know. Uh, I don't know if you know it. It's uh, they, they say um, it kind of reflects on who is right and who is wrong. But um, this is the biggest trigger why people get very emotional because we start from seeing that there is only one truth, and it is how I see it because I have seen it and I have felt it, and this is how it is. But actually, there are everybody has their own truth. And when we um, really embrace that, and when we, we say maybe not truth, because it's kind of a triggering word, maybe if we say to ourselves, what is my, uh, this is my perspective, this is my opinion, because that way we, we kind of know that we have different perspectives, right? From here to you, it, seems, it, it looks differently than from you to me. Right. Right. So this is one uh, one way of transforming it. It's saying in a conflict or before having a conversation is saying um, we might have different opinions and that's okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is the tension. Thank you so much for being with us. And I wish you the very best in the future. Uh, Simona, can you give us uh, all of your contact information? We've got your email. Could you give us everything Uh else? Yes, thank you. You can also reach me on Facebook. It's Simona Fruman. And also on my webpage, which is simonafruman.com, where I where you can also download um, the seven essential steps for having a difficult conversation, which is very useful, and you can put it in practice right away. And you are more, more than welcome to, uh, to contact me there. Thank you so much for this experience. I really enjoyed talking I did too. with you. Lots of fun. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. We have a new app now called 1001 Stories Network. That's 1001 Stories Network. The Apple iOS link is in the show notes. Our premium membership link is in your show notes today. Android and Amazon apps are coming this week. In this app, we combine all our shows into one app, so fans of multiple shows can find everything in one place. This app is free. And you can continue listening to new episodes just like you did before. Like many other podcasters today, however, we have now added a premium member subscription for $2.99 a month, which will give subscribers access to all our archives in three shows, much of which is now member only, plus special features, which will be regular. In all, 90% of our inventory is now available to premium members only. New shows, after they've played for about 10 weeks, will go into premium archives. There are dozens and dozens of great episodes now in the premium archives in our three shows. 1001 Heroes, 1001 Classic Short Stories, and 1001 Stories for the Road. And if you're new, you'll want to listen to Amelia Earhart, The Battle of Midway, The Mystery of the Lost Colony, Guadalcanal, All Our Jack London Stories, Bonnie and Clyde, Jack the Ripper, and many other fan favorites. Podcasting has become a competitive business, and it's being rapidly consumed by larger production facilities which operate networks featuring up to 50 and even 100 different shows in some cases. The cost to have my shows hosted has gone up, and your subscriber fees will help us to cover that, plus other new expenses as we move forward into the future. The premium subscriber link is in the show notes here, and it's also at the home website at 1001storiespodcast.com. And you'll also find a link to it on the app. We would very much appreciate your support at $2.99 a month. 
As we go forward this year, look for many of our interviews to arrive as special features for premium listeners, while 1001 Heroes starts covering the stories we have slated for this year. From the true story of the Alamo to the mystery of the Nazca Lines in Peru and the story of Jim Bowie, just to mention a few in the near future. We'll offer our special take on all of them, and we promise you, you'll always learn things you didn't know. That's why I do them, to inform and entertain, and hopefully help us all appreciate the true value of history. Thanks for being with us, and thanks for being great fans.